So, folks, uh, if you weren't here last week, just pop up your hands, would you, just quickly, uh, and receive one of these. Just put it up nice and high, Chantel wasn't, that's right. Uh, this is called Acts, and uh, it's a series that we're doing on Sundays. We started last week, this is week two. And uh, the idea is not only that we would teach about Acts, and it's not Acts as in the book Acts, uh, but that we would talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus and going and, 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 and giving away what God has given us. And we love to highlight individual stories like Diane's there because it's just someone taking the bull by the horns and going for it. But not only the individuals that we're living it out in our day-to-day lives, which we encourage, but we want to be doing some things collectively as well. And uh, so not only the teachings on the Sundays, but we want to do something, some weekly act where you get the opportunity to be part of the team, join up and be a part of. And so last week's act was Thursday night and a number of you folks faithfully met and you went out and you began to pray and you were prayer walking. And, and I want to invite uh, Stephen, um, where is he? I was talking to you earlier, Stephen in the band, Stephen. Stephen Gowdick, there you go, good man. I didn't tell you that I was going to do this because I knew that you'd start getting panicky. So I've, I've delayed the panicky thoughts and the feelings to now. So the heart rate's racing. And uh, so tell us, what did you do on Thursday night? Thanks, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> well, Thursday night was a <clears throat> very good night. All arrived down at the venue and Ian and Jules kicked it off and split it into groups. The idea was to go around the town, just pray various places around the town, businesses, leisure centre for the park run, basically these acts that we're going to do over the next lot of weeks, even just to put a foundation of prayer down for that. And uh, the two teams went different directions. Um, the team I was in, we went up fire station, up McNeese Fold, leisure centre, and down round again. The other ones went down to the pirate park and all. But we'll come back with a bit of a debrief, and it was amazing what was what was shared. You know, example, we were paying over McNeese Fold. The other team were paying over Joy Mount Care Home or Nursing Home, whatever it is, and the two teams felt a need for peace in those environments. Two different parts of the town, the same foundation that's needed. Um, Craig met a, a work colleague out the back of the leisure centre and uh, shared a very good story about her young son came home from school a couple of weeks ago, Craig, was it? And uh, I become a Christian mummy. The mummy was a backslider and that's challenged her again. Craig's going to follow that up. Um, when I came back in, um, Ian had said at the start very well that uh, you know when you go out to prayer walk, you see things differently. You know, you're looking with spiritual eyes instead of the run-of-the-mill things. And that emulated when we came back. Linda came back, very impressed with all the different plaques that were around all the different buildings. Example, the town hall, I believe there was a, a site of a friary there years ago. And there's a foundation of prayer in Carrick Fergus before you start. You know, so it's a good foundation to build on. And uh, we're just looking forward to what happens over the next lot of weeks with all these acts that have to happen. Well done, mate. Cheers. Thank you very much. One of the things I've been um, encouraged to do more recently is, is do what you've just described, and that's uh, see with different eyes. Um, we, we do go about our daily lives, don't we, in just such a rush and the next thing, and we're thinking about this, and we're thinking about that. But actually, something deliberate like prayer walking, actually, uh, you begin to focus and see in the Spirit, and in the way that the Holy Spirit just begins to whisper and, and speak to you in that. I've just been mindful of that when I've been out and about recently and trying to make that more of a habit. So this, uh, this week's act, this Thursday, 
Uh, you can see in the things that if you've just received one of those that's just been given out there is a business break giveaway. Thursday morning, uh, a number of us, we will be uh, packing little kind of uh, treats, hamper type things. I'm kind of doing this, not that that describes much, uh, but a little box with some muffins and some coffee and some chewing gum and treats and mints and things like that. And a little card that simply says uh, who it's from. And we'll, we'll prepare those and we'll pray over those and then we'll go wherever we sense the Lord is leading us and go give those to the local businesses in around the Carrick area. Just simply sow seeds of kindness that says God loves you, God cares for you. And uh, so that will be this week's act. If you are available on a Thursday morning, then uh, please uh, come and join us. That would be absolutely tremendous. Realize that many of you will be at work. Um, and that's why we've scheduled later on in the next few weeks other things that you could uh, get involved with. So last week's teaching, quick recap. We began, we're looking at the book of Romans. We're looking at chapter 12 of the book of Romans. And I explained last week that the beginning word of uh, 12 verse 1 was therefore, therefore, and then in the message, the word was so. And it was a transitional, a pivotal point in the moment in the letter of the book of Romans. The preceding 11 chapters were all about our standing in Jesus. Everything that Jesus has done for us, his perfect sacrifice, the reason for it. Uh, it spoke about the law and the old ways, and it spoke about the spirit and the life that was now given to us um, because of the cross and because of the resurrection of Jesus and our standing as individuals in Jesus. And it began that, that because of all of that, therefore, because of what Jesus has done, so, and it was the pivotal moment in it, and we looked at the first two chapters, and we looked at, in view of God's mercy, that we are to offer ourselves, our whole lives, not just our Sundays to him. And we said, didn't we, we talked about worship and we talked about the singing worship, that that's a big part of what we get to do when we join together for the 75 minutes that we're together every Sunday morning. That we get to stand, we get to sing worship songs to Jesus and it expresses uh, ourselves, expresses our hearts, our devotion, our emotions towards Jesus. And it's a massive part of who we are. And it's in those moments that we are undone. It's in those moments that we're changed. It's in those moments that as we take the focus off of our lives and we place it onto Jesus, he comes in, sneaks up behind us and blesses us and encourages us and equips us. But we said, didn't we, that worship wasn't just the singing of songs. It was our whole lives and that God is inviting us to give of ourselves our whole lives to be an act of worship. Therefore, whatever we do this afternoon, whatever we do tomorrow, when we're shopping in Tesco's, when we're at school, when we're in our workplace, when we're having breakfast, when we're all of those moments, our thoughts, our words, our deeds can be an act of worship, bringing glory and honor to the Father through what we do by giving of ourselves. And it's our dream, it's our desire, it's our mission for those of us who already know Jesus, that we would spend the rest of our lives wholly devoted to him through the rest of our lives and what we do and what God has entrusted to us. 
And so we want to take things a little bit further today. We want to look at things, we want to look at ourselves as individuals and what that means to us as individuals and what it means to us as an individual in the wider body of Christ that we begin to unpack and see what is my role? What is it that God has entrusted to me? And so the, the next three verses, we're in Romans 12, we're 3, 4, and 5. And we read these things together. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Now, if you're like me, you've probably taken in about 20% of that. Those of you who are like Chantel, you've probably got about 75% of that. So for the 20 percenters, let's make it up to 40%. We'll read it again. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, this is Paul writing to the church in Rome, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us, we have one body with many bits or many parts, and these parts, members it says there, but parts do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though there are many, we form one body and each person belongs to all the other people. Paul says to the people of the church in Rome, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. He's saying today to Carrick Vineyard Church, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. God is saying through his word, through the writings of what Paul had written to each one of us here seated this morning, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Culturally speaking, in the context of Northern Ireland, this doesn't affect many people. And you're smiling at me because you know that actually, if Paul were writing to the church of Carrickfergus, he might have written something like, do not think of yourself more lowly than you ought. Isn't that right? Because actually, we're the opposite. I think your reactions speak for itself. Are we saying here, you rate yourself or don't rate yourself? Something like that? Or is that Chantel? Is it just you that says that? It's not like a real, like you wouldn't get that in the top phrases of Northern Ireland, but you re-it yourself. And it's like you, 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 can't, you can't nearly stand up and go, actually, I'm all right at that. No, you can't be good at something. You just can't. And if you are and you show yourself you are, then you're showing off or you're being big-headed or you're being whatever. Paul is saying, do not think of yourself more highly. And for some of us, there, is, there can be that sense of pride or that sense of uh, we think we're something. But actually, culturally, it could be the opposite here. Paul is advising the church on how it can operate 
at its very best. And he begins by addressing the, the way we view ourselves. And it's important that we do look at ourselves, that we actually view ourselves from the position that Jesus and God views ourselves. Because we often don't view the, the way we are in the correct manner at all. And we don't see ourselves the way that God sees us. I've just locked eyes with someone um, who on Monday night got a, <laughs> I'm going to use a phrase, a queer gunk. Is that, the word? Is that the phrase you used? Did I pronounce it correctly? It was an, uh, let, me in, let me translate into proper English. Uh, didn't get what she thought she was going to get. Is that a fair translation? And um, we, we had a, a, a leader's night on Monday night. A number of us gathered together and uh, our good friend Andy Smith came and spoke. Did, just did some brilliant teaching on leadership. And then afterwards, a number of people um, gave words of encouragement, words of prophecy, words that they felt God was saying to individuals. And um, they would have them stand and then begin to speak words over them and speak what they thought the Father was saying. And there was, um, can I can, nod or shake your head? I'm looking in direction now. Okay to say? Okay to say, good. I didn't get permission, but now I've got permission. <laughs> so Arlene, um, Arlene Crimble, some of you will know and some of you won't know. And some of you probably don't know because um, there's, there is a sense of humility, uh, which is lovely about Arlene, that is like, oh, doesn't want to, just wants to be faithful, just wants to serve, wants to be around. It's just a great lady. And yet on that moment, during the talk, during the, the session, uh, this guy, Stephen, who's from Carrick and a friend of many of ours, he he had Arlene stand and said, I, I just seen you're wearing red shoes. You remind me of Dorothy from um, The Wind. The Wind. The, I was going to say Gone with the Wind. But that's the wrong and I'm kind of doing this. Like it was the thing, wasn't it? Tornado thing she got. I'm having a mare this morning, aren't I? <laughs> <coughs> None of it's in the notes. Stop, stick to the notes. <laughs> We've deviated. And, um, and I just thought, it's like, yeah, we'll just stand. We're, we're just going to ask God to speak to you and I was like I was laughing inside thinking you've got this girl to stand up in front of all these people and you don't actually have a word for her at all do you and I'm beginning laughing that is bold mate that is faith right there and um, and actually that was it that was the word and we began to kind of unpack that it, the right the red shoes was almost the beginning of God is wanting to show you off there's something upon Arlene that God has for you to step out. You're God's anointed one to, to lead and to step out more and more. But to take what the Father has given and spoken over you is where you, what you're supposed to step into. And it's a more of something. And I'm saying that, and as I'm saying those things, I can see many of you responding. It's the word of the Lord to you as well. We live under this sense of, oh, I'm just little old me and I couldn't. Pop. We said last week, wasn't it, that we often look at people, we look at the things that God does through certain individuals and we think, oh, wow, that's amazing, isn't that amazing? If one thing, one hallmark of our church, it must be this, that God takes the ordinary and as we entrust our lives into his hands, 
and we obey him in whatever it is that God has spoken to us, he can do the extraordinary. Through the ordinary people, through the ordinary acts of obedience to what he's calling us to, he would do something extraordinary. And Paul says, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you, he is not suggesting that there's a variance in the distribution of faith towards one another. It's not like I have more faith than someone else. It's not like I'm more of this or less of that. Yes, we are different, and we're going to come on to that in a moment. But for each and every person, we are of equal standing before the Lord. Brian, Hannah, would you stand up, please? Brian, would you stand up, please? Yeah, you're Brian. Brian, yes, I'm not having a laugh here. Yeah, can you stand up? Can you stand to your feet? Thank you very much indeed. Ashley Bell, would you stand to your feet? Elizabeth Morrison, would you stand to your feet? Johnny, with baby, would you stand to your feet? Anna Fugard, would you? And Nick Ravenhill at the back. Don't think because you lot sit at the back that you get away with it. I can see you. So I, I don't want to embarrass you all, but I have, and my apologies. But if you look around, you'll notice different gender, different age, different background, different culture, different gifts. But in Jesus, we are all the same. Each one of us, we are the same. And we are equal. We are equal, all of us, in terms of the way the Father sees us in terms of the way of what Jesus has done for us. And each of us, knowing each of you, have given ourselves to him wholly. And because of what he has done, we are all equal. Thanks so much for standing up, Zoe, and I'll let you sit down. And I've done that deliberately so that we would all see that. We're all God's favorites, all of us. There's no favorites in the kingdom because we're all his favorites. Therefore, there is no room in the body of Christ for superiority or inferiority. So glad I pronounced those quite correctly. I was struggling over those. It is important that we each go before the Lord and we allow him to speak to us and reveal to us the answers to the question, who am I? We've said this before, many of us 
go for years, in fact a lifetime, never, ever getting the answer to that question, who am I? And it's important that we go before the Lord and we begin to hear his voice on that one. Do we get this? No one is better. Don't think that you are. No one is worse. Don't think that you are. We're skipping through. We're skipping through. We are one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. And it's really easy, especially in a church, and in fact in any walk of society, um, for us to compare ourselves with one another people. And we can sometimes think, oh, that person's much more significant than that person. And that's absolute rubbish again. Every member is important and every member has its role within the body. Does anyone know what the smallest muscle in the body is? The smallest muscle? Any ideas? Any of you? Sir, do you want to have a go? Do you want to guess where it is in the body? It is in your ear, and the name of the muscle is your stapedius. It's found in the middle ear, and it's just over one millimeter in length. Get that, isn't that tiny? One millimeter in length. Many of you would be struggling to see that with your own eyes. Um, Despite its size, it does have an important job. It protects our ears from loud noises. So when a loud noise occurs, this muscle, I think it kind of moves or operates or engages to protect our ears. What an incredible function that a tiny little thing has to protect such an important role uh, or part of our lives and our bodies. As humans, we can look at other people and look at their gifts and certain roles and just think, oh my goodness, they're much more important. But like the stapedius, like your tonsils, like your fingernails, eyebrows, and even nasal hair, they all have a role within the body. And so, it's important that someone buys the milk each week. It's important that you send that encouraging text message during the week to encourage that person. It's important that those baby wipes are included in the emergency mother's gift packs for mummies that need them. We don't want baby wipes, it's terrible. Do not put baby wipes <laughs> into those things. Why don't we want baby wipes? You're not supposed to use baby wipes in hospitals. Right, I've learned something this morning, good. So if you're if you're thinking of having a baby in the next wee while, don't use baby. I remember the water, the cotton wool buds and the bums and all that. Oh, no, I meant the, I meant the yeah, the balls, the balls, yeah, the balls. <laughs> the cotton wool balls, water. I remember now, Kathy, I do remember. <laughs> Talk to me later about that. <laughs> Oh, this is going to need editing all week. <laughs> the podcast of this will be, uh, be available next month. <laughs> Pride can throw a spanner in the works and it comes when it comes to a healthy functioning church. By definition, our gifts are only what we have received from God and they have been given to us. Therefore, no one 
has any reason to boast about what God has given us. He has arranged and distributed them perfectly together for the work that God has prepared in advance for us to do. It's difficult to get our heads around that sometimes though, isn't it? Because we, we do look in our individualistic kind of society and we do look at such and such we do look, and we do begin to compare. And it's tempting to hanker after, you know, roles or positions or whatever and we think oh my goodness that's that's amazing or that person's fantastic and yes there are more showier kind of roles within the body of Christ the guys up here they're on show right now I'm on show and sometimes you know I guess I'd be lying if I wasn't saying in my younger years there wasn't a part of me with ego that thought, oh yeah, I'd love to do that, oh, it'd be amazing, you know. If I'm really honest, this is really embarrassing, I'm going to confess this to you, but when I was a young Christian, I really wanted to be a worship leader. They got the girls. <laughs> oh dear, indeed dear. <laughs> In my more mature years, and through experience, let me tell you, there's nothing glamorous about leading. There's nothing glamorous about it. Our dear friend Steve Nicholson, who's a legend in the vineyard, would say, signing up to leadership is like signing up to being ugly. And it's a good description. There's nothing glamorous about this. Nothing at all. And that just comes from humility. It comes from maturity. It comes through God humbling us but the one thing I will say is I love doing what I do because it's what God's made me for and the important thing is finding out what you're made for and then just doing it and being faithful and stewarding what God has given you to do we don't get to choose if we're an arm or a leg or a tendon or a rib or an ear or nasal hair or whatever it is, our gifts are given and they're received from God. And so whatever it is that he's entrusted to us, whatever that talent, whatever that gold coin is that he's given, find it, don't bury it, use it for him and for other people. And the antidote to pride is humility. It's considering others better than yourself. And there's a real freedom that comes when you're secure in knowing who you are in him, first and foremost, and you're secure in knowing what you're made for and doing what you're made for. There's a real security in being in that place because it means this, when you see someone else who's better than you or does something better than you in what you do or does something that you could never do, you're able and you're free to go, you're absolutely brilliant at that and encourage them in that. I love it. I love it when someone speaks here and they're like, oh my goodness, what a, that was incredible. I wished I preached that one. But I, but I don't wish I preached that one. I celebrate and go, that's incredible what they do. That's amazing. There's no comparison. When I see individuals, not just in the four walls on a Sunday, but other things that you do in your lives, and you're like, oh my goodness, I could, that's incredible. 
we celebrate that and we encourage in that way. I want to show you this clip. It came from, it's a wee video, two-minute video, and then we're coming into land, I promise. It came from last Sunday, London Marathon, as we were meeting together. Uh, in fact, about an hour after we met, this happened. Can we see this? Well, that Swansea Harrier probably won't know that Josh Griffiths has qualified for the World Championships. And look at him, he's saying, come on, it's there. You can do it. You can do it. Brilliant. This is so hard. I mean, this every single part of his body is shutting down on him. But what we're seeing also is the camaraderie and the spirit of the marathon. How many of these guys are on for their personal best? They want to break that time, but they're still running by to see if they can help him. Of course, they don't know if they can actually help him all the way to the line, but they can certainly encourage him. And let's just hope he's okay and there's some help waiting for him when he does get across that line. So David Wyatt being helped towards the line. One of the, I guess, the sort of things that we get used to seeing at the London Marathon every year, but it never, ever fails to inspire you. He's being helped there by Matthew Rees from Swansea Harriers. Well done, Matt, doing a great job. Incredible scenes, just about 175 metres down uh, from the finish. And we're here at the finish. I've got Chris Newton and James Cracknell, Olympians who know all about tough finishes whether it's on a bike or in a boat and of course we've got uh, the royals have joined us there and you can see prince william and prince harry looking out and just in disbelief at, at what they're seeing there the camaraderie which is what the london marathon caller said is all about and josh griffith the top uh, british man home is a teammate isn't he? he's a swansea harrier and he'll be proud to see his fellow swansea harrier there sacrificing what could be a pb who knows as uh, the guys said to get this chawton harriers this chawton runners over the line and james i know you've just run your own fantastic race but when you see that that kind of sums up doesn't it what this is all about yeah it sums up and also the selfless nature of, of other runners i saw a couple of people in real trouble and, and gave them a pat on the bum when i ran past and, and said keep going rather than stop and, and carry them over so i'm feeling slightly guilty and selfish having uh, watched other people give up their race to help someone who's just emptied their tanks totally and so Matthew Reese there from Swansea Harriers sacrifices his own run, his own race uh, to help someone else in great need, to encourage someone else, to champion after someone who got so close and just needed that help across the line, sacrificed through humility. And it's through humility that we surrender ourselves, we champion one another on. This thing called the body of Christ is just the most brilliant thing that we have given our lives to, to seeing you guys um, be as one together. There's another image that we'd like to show, if that's possible, and it's simply this. Uh, some of you will have seen this before, maybe heard of teaching on this before. Some of you, it could be the first time. But it's a, it's a brilliant illustration of what we consider as important about the Vineyard Church. And um, there's lots of aspects to it, but it's the, it's the four words in the middle that I want to highlight. It's the body. The body, the body of who we are, the body of Christ as an individual local church in the wider context of the worldwide church. And that we're called to four things. We've spoken lots about being a hospital. We haven't spoken loads about being a school, just a place of education and training. 
but we've spoken lots about community, and I think it's something that we do well. It's great to see our life groups starting again this term, seeing lots of you signed up and choosing to uh, give your life and position your life and joining with other people and journeying life together on a, on a weekly basis and a regular basis. And uh, it's, it's the word army I want to just briefly highlight, and then we're going to worship. But God has called us to uh, contend against the kingdom of darkness through the kingdom of light. And we do that as a body, we do that as a church, and we do that in community, locked together, in rank, and we go. And uh, so we do that as we encourage you as individuals in your everyday working lives, living lives. But we sometimes do that together, collectively. And so that's what we're doing over the next few weeks. This Thursday morning, for those of you who can join us, we're going to be gathering together sharpening our swords, getting some muffins together, and then we're just going to go and go see what God has prepared in advance for us to do. Let's stand together, and the guys are going to come and lead us.